We're all familiar with perfectly packaged success stories, but what about all the mistakes that led to successes along the way? Our Pen Reflections podcast, hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund, features the personal stories of Penn alumni who found their career path, however winding they may have been. My name is Emily Solomon. I'm a member of the class of 2021 and a co-chair for Seniors for the Pen Fund. In these monthly episodes, I'll take you along as we learn what work alumni put in that helps them secure their careers, how to surround yourself with people who will believe in your dreams as much as you do, and how to know when to play it safe and when to take a leap of faith for something bigger and better. So let's jump right in. Right, great. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us today on um, this podcast hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund. We're so excited to have you here. As a brief introduction to Elizabeth before she jumps in, I wanted to introduce her. Um, Elizabeth Opong was a Benjamin Franklin Scholar at the University of Pennsylvania, you guessed it, majoring in both econ and Chinese before she graduated with honors in 2016. After interning in Shenzhen, China, Elizabeth founded WeLink, a cross-border organization targeted at empowering women in business. Elizabeth's currently an investment banker in New York City, where she advises clients on capital raising across asset classes. She's also a board member of the Bloomingdale Family Program, a nonprofit dedicated to early childhood education in Upper Manhattan. So wonderful. Thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us. Um, yeah, how are you course, doing today? <laughs> Doing well, doing well. I mean, it's all with all the craziness that's going on, I think, you know, it's just great to, to connect and kind of get a chance to, to talk with, with seniors and also the alumni community about kind of what's been going on. But I really appreciate the opportunity as well to, to join and share some of my experience. Yeah, and we're so appreciative of you for joining us today, too. So as a brief little intro, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe your pen background that wasn't mentioned um, in the in the intro and like what you do now, you can take it wherever you would like. But yeah, no, that's great. I'm happy to. And and thank you for the introduction. Definitely a lot of accolades that, that are not deserved. But um, <laughs> I, I graduated in in 2016, as you mentioned, I was in the College of Arts and Sciences, um, you know, primarily focused my studies in economics, but also was a, a Chinese major as well. Um, and then in terms of on campus, I was involved with a couple of things as, as everyone is, right? And then I think mm-hmm. my, my main focus towards the end um, was that I was on the nominations elections committee and in, in student government. Um, I was also in Tri-Delta, the, the sorority, yeah. um, and also did some work with the Penn Women's Center. So was pretty involved on campus um, and, and really um, enjoyed my experience. And, and currently I'm in New York. Um, I'm an investment banker at Goldman Sachs, where I, I focus on healthcare companies and, and work within our financing group. So um, like I said, really excited to, to join it and t- you and talk a little bit more about kind of my experience and how it relates to my time at Penn. But um, I think part of it is I had such a robust and, and varied and diverse experience within Penn yeah. that has really kind of helped me in my career today, for sure. Yeah, that's wonderful. We, yeah, we're really looking forward to this podcast in particular. Um, one of the things we wanted to highlight and bring out with it is um, how it seems like sometimes everyone has perfectly packaged success stories, right? But we wanted to kind of get out the maybe mistakes that were, um, that led to the successes along the way. Um, so yeah. if any way you could highlight maybe I don't know, one of your failures and um, how you learned from it and what advice you would give to people now. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think it, it's funny. It's a failure that I'm sure a lot of people who 
are kind of in a similar point in their career to me have, have had at some point. And so the good news is that we all somehow made it and are still kind of in jobs and, and functioning. So I think the big, the biggest mistake I made when I first started in the industry, and, and it started as, as soon as I was an intern, was that I was really caught up on the small details. And it's kind of like when people tell you, you know, you're missing the the forest for the trees, so to speak. Uh-huh. And so I was so caught up in kind of making sure everything was perfect. I wanted to be the the intern or the analyst that had the most projects. I was in the office at all hours. I, I just, I wanted that optics of being the go-to person. Um, and I think that it was a failure in a couple of ways. One, you know, it's great that people see you as a go-to, but that's not always what gets you promoted, right? And two, it's not sustainable from a career standpoint. So there were points kind of early on in my career where I was starting to question, you know, whether this was something that I could do long term and, and be happy in. Because again, I was, you know, learning a ton and, and having a really great experience that I was, you know, working at all hours, I was never taking a vacation, I was working on a million projects. And I think wow. one of the biggest things I learned from that was one, starting to learn how to take a step back and one, manage my career a little bit better, be in the, the driver's seat. And so I started to learn how to better manage and, and you know, say no to things that maybe weren't for the best interest of me or the team or the firm, right? And also learn to just balance my time a lot more and realize that, you know, being in the office for the sake of being in the office and, you know, crushing a long hour just so that you can say you've done it isn't always the way to be successful. Some of the ways to differentiate yourself or, or being the one that knows a ton about a particular topic, being someone that people can go to and know that you're going to bring forth the great work product and really ask the really important questions. And so, you know, whereas before I'd be so focused on, you know, this presentation needs to be perfect. I'm going to add all these like bonus things in here so people know I'm hardworking. I started to take a step back and say, okay, well, they told me this is what they want me to solve or this is the, the particular task they want me to work on. But is there something that they didn't request of me that they should have? Is there something that they're missing in the bigger picture of all that we're, we're doing? And so I think very quickly as I started to move out of that mindset into more of the you know, I'm part of the team, I want to differentiate myself for being really good at my job, is that I all of a sudden didn't have to do 20 projects to prove myself, right? People came to me because they knew that, you know, I, I was someone who brought a differentiated approach to both kind of our problems that we were facing with clients or, you know, solutions that we were trying to come up with internally or, or whatever it be. And I think that, you know, that's at the end of the day, what I found to be what has made me successful, not necessarily that person that, again, was in the office, basically turning off the lights each night. That's not to say that hard work, you know, isn't part of any successful career, right? I think, you know, part of it is that I worked really hard and, you know, spent a lot of time in what probably would take someone three years to learn. I learned in six months, which in some ways was great. But what I'm speaking about is just balance. It's about finding ways in which you can also take a step back and have the time and the space and the the mental capacity really to be able to to think critically about what you're doing and, and be known as a person that does work hard and does do really great work, but also is a thinker and, and it can bring ideas to the table as well. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think that is something that we all as Penn students, like, really, I need to be reminded of that every day, that that balance. Right. Um, because, you know, we are hard workers, we are. And I think we always tend to swing to that side. But I think that is right. just so true, Elizabeth, that um, yeah, it's like that everything in moderation. And so swinging to one side always isn't the best. But I was curious, like, in that initial stages, um, when you were maybe first started interviewing for jobs, like what's one thing you wish you'd known going back? Because I know a lot of these um, yeah. seniors that are going to be listening are in that stage, maybe right now, um, as the senior spring trying to interview for places. Um, 
yeah, kind of what, what yeah. advice would you give for that? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. I think the biggest thing is that one, I wish I would have known that careers aren't linear. And the no. reason I say that is because I think what's really important and, and it's advice I get to everyone is to find that person or, you know, colleague or boss or whatever in the industry that is kind of your North star, someone that you want to model yourself after. But then with that, you also have to remind yourself that, you know, when you read my bio, for example, like, even though I've only been in the industry for about five mm -hmm. years now, it, it seems pretty linear what I did. It makes a ton of sense. But that's because, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But it doesn't, yeah. you know, show that there were moments of twists and turns in between. And it only, you know, really gets worse as you get more senior and you get more time in the industry, right? I meet people who yeah. are great mentors who have been in the industry for 30 years or so. And, you know, at times they forget those winding moments, right? Because it seems very linear. You know, they you know, were in this position and they get got to this position and, you know, they are where they are. And I think I wish I would have known that it's okay that there are points in your career that aren't linear, that they all yeah. will somehow fit into this bigger puzzle piece that is your career. And to not get so worked up on, you know, that you have this more star, you need to do ABC to get there, but focus on, you know, what can you control in the short term and what are some of the the opportunities for learning and exposure that will come in these moments that feel like you're diverting from that path. And the reason I say that is, you know, I remember when I was in the summer before going to Penn, you know, I was really focused on trying to find a summer job or experience that would you know, set me up to be really successful at Penn. I, at the time, it was before I knew I wanted to go into to finance. And so I thought, you know, I kind of wanted to go into something um, within science, I actually was really interested in physics. And so I was really looking for something that I could do over the summer that was either research or whatever. And the reality is I just couldn't find that opportunity. And so I ended up working at um, Subway for the summer. And so yeah. in some ways, like I was happy, like it was a great opportunity to make money over the summer and things like that. But part of me was really worried that, you know, this wasn't going to be an experience that was directly applicable to, you know, what I was going into Penn to study. Um, and what's funny is that I, I always tell people, I, I even tell like interns that I work with, like that experience, like it wasn't relevant for me for the first three or so years of being at Penn. <laughs> but when I when I actually was going for my first internship um, uh, over the summer when I was working in Shenzhen, and then also when I was working um, in the summer in New York in investment banking, that experience as much as you think it's unrelated, right? Like I was making sandwiches, it was actually <laughs> super applicable to what I was doing. And the reason I say that is, you know, I had this coworker that I worked with and she was amazing. Like everyone, all the customers loved her. And what, you know, I noticed about her after observing her for, for some time over the summer is that she was so good at like reading clients when they came in. So when someone would come in, she would understand like the way you talk to someone who's like in a, for example, wearing scrubs and had a really long day at the hospital, it's going to be very different than the way you talk to someone who, you know, was a student wearing like a sweatshirt of the local university or, wow. um, you know, she would see a mother with like six kids and realize that she's probably really overwhelmed with all of them yelling their order right at first. So um, she was so good at managing the different types of customers that we came in and, and she was like a, a star employee for that reason. And so I remember learning and kind of observing her and just how she would change the way she talked or how she would ask questions. She wasn't very, she was not robotic in that she wouldn't be like, okay, what do you want on your sandwich? She'd actually take the time to think about like, how does she frame her questions or, you know, how does she interact? I don't know if she did it consciously. I never really yeah. know, her on the, the, the conversation, uh -huh. but she was so good at it. And so uh -huh. I look at myself now and I think about that even in my day to day of, you know, trying to not be so robotic in some of the ways I interact with clients thinking about, you know, what are some of the things that 
are on their mind when they're coming into the conversation? What are some things that have been happening in their sector more broadly? What's been happening within their company? Just try to tailor how you think about right. your your presentation or, or how you're going to talk about a certain topic with them having that in mind. Um, and so I thought that that, you know, I didn't think that summer would be so impactful, but it really was. I mean, I, I even remember just the, the aspect of just learning also how to perfect your craft. Like I thought, and I was getting the job like okay it's making sandwiches like who cares <laughs> I got such bad feedback the first couple of weeks I was terrible at it and so I remember you know my my parents drove me to like our local supermarket we bought like sub rolls got deli meat and I literally had to just practice like getting good at like, wow. making the sandwiches and so again yeah. like that that opportunity to learn how to take feedback and actually grow from it and really you know even though it felt menial at the time I had to do it and become good at it and that's that's really what has helped me be successful in my career now where it's like, you know, there are things that I do on the day to day that feel like super manual and feel super in the weeds, but I have to do it because it makes me a better banker. It makes me able yeah. to be, you know, able to provide the best solutions for my clients. So um, I think that that's kind of would be, I know it's a long winded way to your, your question, but I, I really think that I didn't really appreciate that there will be parts of your career that are winding. I feel that now even, and just yeah. having that perspective that you'll get to where you need to get, it doesn't have to be linear everyone's career looks linear. It, it wasn't if you go into the details and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is so good. I'm really glad you shared that because it's something I've been thinking about even with COVID maybe canceling some uh, summer internships or freshmen maybe who like stayed home this sem past fall semester and got a right. job locally. And I even, I did the same thing. And for a while, you know, I um, worked at Olive Garden, I think the summer after my freshman year as well. And I was like, beating myself up because I was like, I didn't get a good internship. I, what is this going to do in the long run? But just hearing how you were able to, you know, use that in a, in a, in an interview question or how you were able to glean knowledge from that experience, watching others and, and perfecting your craft. It's so, so encouraging because even something that maybe, you know, we look at as a failure, quote unquote, in our circles, it was such a success because it really set you up to be, um, yeah, just someone who's better at um, reading your clients and, and um, really working hard at what you do. I loved that. Uh, yeah, I, for sure. Yeah. So I was thinking also during that, um, just you've probably had a lot of mentors um, throughout your time and or maybe just people who you've looked up to. And I'm, I'm curious, like, who do you feel are three people um, who've been the most influential to you um, in, along yeah. your path? No, it's a great question. It's really hard to pick three people. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think about all the people who've had an impact on me. They're probably in the hundreds at this point, but true, you know, true. I can think of three people that have been on my mind recently. I, you know, I, I was one of the people who moved roles within COVID. And so it's been kind of a crazy time. And there are three people who've been at the top of my mind recently, because they've had such an impact. And the first person I would say is my first, I would say like real boss. Um, I interned with him when I was working in Shenzhen, his name is Mr. Tao. I remember our first meeting, kind of when I was intern, I had just gotten there. I think I was like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks have in the city, still finding my way around. Um, we had to sit down, and like the idea for the internship was, it was very much like an apprenticeship model. You kind of follow around, and you 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 learn by osmosis, um, and and that was really the plan. And we sat down, and, and we're doing our introductions, and I was telling you a little bit about myself. And, you know, it was so fascinating, and it's such a testament to Mr. Tao, who he is. He said to me, he was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I, 
I remember just being like taken aback. They're like, well, you're supposed to tell me what to do, right? This is the internship. Yeah. I'm supposed to just, you know, get coffee or, you know, like take notes on stuff or, or do whatever. But it, this is, you tell me what to do, right? But he he really drilled down on the question. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you, what are you trying yeah. to gain out of the experience? Like, why are you here? And, you know, honestly, the way, the reason why I say he was so influential is that, you know, that question is, Honestly, it's a question that I say plagues me in some ways because it, it forces me to really be introspective and really ask the question, like, what am I trying to accomplish here? But I also think he's been influential because it's allowed me to have more confidence when I'm going into interviews or I'm starting a new role or whatever to actually take the driver's seat for a moment in my career. Instead of saying, you know, this was a job description and this is what I'm going to come and do take a step back and say, like, also, what am I trying to get out of this? It's a mutually beneficial relationship. I always say, you know, when you get an offer letter to join a company, one of the last lines I've seen in a ton of offer letters is it will say, like, we're looking forward to a mutually beneficial relationship or a mutually fruitful relationship. And that's really what it's supposed to be. Like, yes, you're getting a job, you're getting a paycheck, and you're supposed to deliver Mm -hmm. a service. But it's it's also a relationship that you're trying to get something out of the experience. And so I think that Mr. Tao, why I always say he's such an influential figure not just because, he's also just a great guy and I've learned a ton from him and I go to him when I have ideas but he's forced me to take some self-responsibility and I find that it's easier for me now to find roles that are not just great for me for the short term but for the long term because I'm able to have those honest conversations day one and say you know this is why I'm looking to get out of it like I'm going to bring all these great things to the table I'm looking forward to working with you and doing all these great things in your company but this is also like what I'm trying to get out of the experience and be transparent so that you know when things change which they inevitably do your boss your supervisor your team is going to keep in mind what your objectives are and make sure that they're communicating in a way that reflects that right so if you get moved to do a different sector or you get moved to work in a different team that they explain to you well you told us your objectives were x and we still are going to give you that but this is why we're moving you around right it just changes the conversation it becomes something where you have equal responsibility of your career as as your manager and I think that's really important Um, I think what's also been helpful from that influence as well is like when I give students advice on applying for jobs, I tell them to be transparent on what they want to get out of it. Like you don't need to go into your job and say, you know, I'm doing this so I can go to, you know, business school or I'm doing this so I can go do X. I'm not advocating that at all. But to say, you know, these are the skills I want to get out of this time that I'm here um, is really important because I think that level of transparency and that level of openness will only make your experience better. And to be honest with you, it's a good way to weed potential managers out as well, right? Because if someone said, well, like, I don't really care about what you're do, what you want to do, yeah. or you know, this job is about you doing these three tasks, like, if that's the kind of manager you want, like, go for it. But I think it's, for me, also a great way to kind of weed out people who may not be the best, it might not be the best relationship for what I'm looking for. Again, for some people, that relationship works really well. For me, personally, I'm looking for something that, you know, is mutually um, beneficial, and also just something that we, where we're on the same page on, on, on what both sides are trying to accomplish. Um, I would say the second most influential person in my life actually has been my mom. Um, and oh, yeah. we are so opposite. And it's, it's funny that I say this. Um, she would, she would be laughing if she could hear me right now. But yeah. you know, she is she's a nurse. Um, and you know, her like her, the things that motivate her in life are very different from me. I'm very like big on like, I'm very goal oriented, very much someone who gets excited when I feel like I'm achieving something and I'm always wanting to chase the bigger thing. So like if I you know worked on a $50 million deal today, I want to work on a $100 million deal the next week. And that's just yes. kind of what gets me going. 
My mom was much more, you know, focused on like the impact she has on people. Like she is a nurse and she particularly works in neurology. And so her kind of day to day, like what she feels excited about is when her patient has back surgery and can walk again, that kind of stuff. And so, but even though we're very different, you know, what I've appreciated about it is like at times I think she's like, at times I'm like, she's probably the last person to go to for career advice. We're very like different trajectories, but at times she's actually the best person because the one thing she's really imparted upon me is this idea of authenticity and kind of radical transparency about who you are. Um, I, I always uh, laugh because I'll, I'll sometimes like her patients will run into me when I'm with her in the grocery store and they'll say to me like, your mother was great. I loved her and all this stuff. And I'm like, they're like, she's really brutally honest. I love that. She like, you know, gave me the truth and I, and I really healed from her. Um, and I, I love that about her because I, I try to emulate parts of it in myself and my career, because I think sometimes, especially, you know, being a woman, sometimes being a person of color in, in different spaces, you feel this sense of, you know, maybe at times you want to shrink yourself or you don't want to take up too much space. And my mom has always pushed me to kind of believe that you have to be authentic. You have to be radically transparent. You have to take up space too. You have to like be who you are and not be afraid to, to show your personality and say what you think. And I think, um, you know, it's been amazing to see kind of some aspects of her in my day to day. I, I give the, the beet juice example because I think sometimes, you know, when I, I, for example, hate beet juice. Like some people I know love the taste of it, but if it's in a smoothie, I can't drink it. And if you know anything about beets, right, like you can have a teaspoon of it, but yes. you'll still taste it. Like you can put yes. all the bananas and apples in the world, but you'll still taste it. Uh-huh. And my mom is the kind of person that will tell you, like, you know, be like the beet juice, be the person that you know, it doesn't matter if someone likes you or doesn't like you, you're there. And, and if it's a smoothie, if you don't like beets, you have to choose, like, are you going to drink it or you're not going to drink it? And just have that attitude of like, I'm here, I'm authentically me, I can't change who I am. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be here, whether you like it or not. It's not on me to leave the room, it's on you to leave if you can't handle it. I think that that's, that kind of approach to life has been super helpful for me in my career. It's allowed me to say at times where I felt nervous to sit at the table because I was worried what people would think or whatever and sit when I knew it was my turn to sit at the table and not, you know, yeah. shrink myself or, or stand to the back because I'm afraid of, of what that, that might look like. So that's, that's the influence she has had on me. And the, the last person I would say, um, and again, I say this, these three, because they're at the top of my mind, I'm not, you know, throwing shade at any of the others who've had oh, an amazing yes. impact on my yeah. life. But um, my, my late friend Denzel Cummings, who actually, he's a graduate of Penn, he graduated about a year before me, but unfortunately, um, passed away in, in 2019. I say he has an, a tremendous influence on me. And he's had an influence on me since we've known each other, because he's also taught me a really important lesson, which is about you know, being comfortable with the idea that sometimes you don't always have the answers to what your future will look like. And the reason I say that is because I've always been someone who's very practical and said, well, you know, I went to Penn, I studied this, I did this. And so my career, like my abilities or my, the, the things I could reach are X. And I always kind of put myself in this box. But Denzel, what I appreciate about him is like, he never saw limitations for any of his friends. Um, and he always pushed us to kind of realize that our dreams can always expand and we don't have to like always make them based on what we think is practical. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's impracticality of what you want to reach. And, yeah. um, you know, I remember there would be times like I would you know make a joke about, Oh, I like want to run for local office. Like I would, I never thought of myself as someone who could ever do something like that. But Denzel was the kind who, if you said it, he would literally send you links. He would tell you this is yes. what you should do. And awesome. he, he always, you know, would always say things like that. Or he would tell us, you know, like I, I was working in banking and a couple of friends who were doing other things. He would tell me that, 
you know, he can't wait till I be a CEO of a bank. He would tell another friend that he can't wait till she wins the Pulitzer. And again, like, you know, it, it was never flattery. It was genuinely that he felt yeah. like, you know, people around him could achieve great things. And I, I say he's had an influence on me because I think there are times where I'm always questioning myself and wondering, like, maybe this role is going to be too difficult, or maybe I, I'm never going to achieve X. And I'm always reminded of Denzel and the fact that he's really pushed me as an individual to realize that sometimes you just, you can never imagine how far you can go. And you have to just be comfortable with the fact that you, you shouldn't ever put yourself in the box. You should always be open to the idea that you can achieve more than you can imagine. And I think that he's had that, that influence to this day. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much also for imparting their wisdom that to us that they gave you. I was scribbling down notes while you were writing just because I really have all three of those, those people really had just um, awesome tidbits that I'm, I'm, feeling are applicable to, to my life today too. Um, that's great. I, I did have um, one last question kind of to, to wrap us up. Um, I know this year for Penn seniors is a little bit different, um, but if anything, like if you could give, um, I the question I had was one thing you think Penn seniors should experience before they graduate. But if you want to tailor that to something you think might be helpful for this year of something that they should know before they graduate, anything parting advice, last words that you'd like to give. I just want to give the floor yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, the, the one thing I would say that I, if I were a senior again, that I would say I would make sure I would do before I, I leave campus is if you haven't already is to engage with the local community and the reason I say that is because I think that, you know, with the pandemic and all that's happened, it's forced me and I'm sure a ton of people to just reflect on kind of maybe how we've all been very individualistic for quite a bit, right? When I graduated, I was super focused on, you know, being successful in my career. I had my dream apartment in New York. Um, I, you know, had friends that I would go to dinner with and, I, and that was kind of my day-to-day -day focus. And um, around probably, I would say, my second year or so of working, um, I found the opportunity to join the board of Bloomingdale, um, which is a, a program that focuses on early childhood education in New York. And yeah. I remember that being a, a really important moment for me just to ground me and kind of everything I was doing. Because again, I was so individual individualistic at that time. I was so focused on me, me, me. And it allowed me to take a step back and think about what's going on around me in the community. And as you might know, you know, education, especially when it comes to, to early education, is yes. kind of where some of the biggest inequalities in society start. And so having that experience of working with young children and, and working with the board on trying to solve issues and trying to make sure that this is a program that's sustainable and can reach as many students as possible has been so impactful for me. And so why I say to have that engagement you know, before you leave Penn, I did it, I did a little bit earlier in my Penn career. And I think it was really impactful for me as well, and probably helped me also at some point get out of my feelings, so to speak, and, and focus on, you know, what's happening around me is because I, I did a college counseling program for local Philadelphia students. And, you know, I went to boarding school, and I had, um, you know, a really great college counseling program, it started pretty early on when you, you're pretty early in your, your time at, at school. You know, my dad was a professor. A lot of my family members had, you know, gone to college or had their advanced degree. So just even also within my family, I had a ton of knowledge share in terms of that process. And so 
working with students who, you know, were going to be the first generation college students in their family who didn't have some of the prerequisite courses that they needed and were because you've taken classes and you've maybe studied it, but to experience it and to actually care about like an individual and their success and realize all the things that are going on on the macro level that are preventing them from getting there. It was just impactful for me because all of a sudden, like my day-to-day -day worries about, you know, I don't have the right dress for my, you know, sorority mixer, or I don't, you know, I didn't get the position I want in student government. It just didn't matter as much. Like they're important, but it didn't matter because I realized that like, that's not the big picture. The big picture is that I'm here. I have all these privileges and my job is to, to learn and, and take all of it as I can and go back and distribute that so that more people can have the experiences that I had. And I think that that was such an impactful experience. And if you can do it before you leave, it'd be great. If you can't, then definitely do it the minute you get to, to, the, to whatever destination yeah. you have post-graduation. Because I think it fundamentally, it just grounds you and it gives you a better perspective. I think what's helped me get through this really tough time, because it would be so easy to be focused on the fact that I can't see friends, that I'm stuck at home, that I can't go anywhere, that you know it's tough working remotely, is that I recognize that that's not my primary goal here. My goal in life is to have these experiences, to learn a ton, but also to give back and to know that that's my North Star. It just puts everything in perspective. You realize that, you know, these day-to-day -day worries about, I don't know, like the fact that my computer froze in the middle of a client meeting, like it sucks, yeah. but you can move on because you know that it's not part of the bigger picture. You're not failing in this broader image of like what you're trying to get done with your life. And so um, that would be my parting wisdom is you know, if you've had this great education, which Penn is definitely one, is to also take a step back and start to develop your own set of values, your own set of North Stars beyond just your career. Think about like, what who do you want to be to your community and how are you going to engage with them and how are you going to leverage this experience to help them? And I think that those things will help you get through the ups and downs that will inevitably come post-graduation. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. I, I'm, I'm wondering this whole time, I'm also just thinking, um, I would love if our listeners could connect with you. Um, I know not in person, but if there's any way our listeners could connect with you online, um, if you would be yeah. willing to offer any of that up. I know everyone probably surely listening as well as me right now would love to um, have that so that we can continue to glean wisdom from you. Um, yeah, of yeah, course. This has been wonderful. I would say... I would say the best way is LinkedIn. Um, yeah. My tip for LinkedIn, which I tell people all the time, is um, I don't. I think it's free to like leave a message to say, you know, hi, my name is X. You know, I, I um, am a graduate of Penn, or I'm a Penn senior, and I'm looking to learn more or enjoy your podcast or whatever. I think that's the best way to communicate. I would say like a lot of us, especially Penn alum have I'm sure the request list is like hundreds of people who have yeah some of them are probably bots and so the way to, to make sure you effectively communicate with us is just you know leave a letter and just let us know you know that how you you found us and, and how you'd like to connect and I would love to connect on LinkedIn and maybe set up some time for for additional additional chatting on this topic um, but always happy to be a resource um, for anyone in the community for sure. Thank you so much for listening to Pen Reflections, hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you'd like to make a lasting impact for Pen undergraduates, you can make a gift on our website, 
at tencent.upenn.edu slash give. Make sure to tune in next month to hear more advice from our amazing alum. See you next time.